Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for uh, this opportunity to hear your word. And may your Holy Spirit be our teacher today. Lord, reveal the truth to us. Help us to understand the truth of discipleship. And we want to obey everything you say in the Bible, Father. We know, Father, that when we obey you, we become the friend of Jesus Christ. And we will understand more of what you want to reveal to us. Lord, we don't want to live in this earth blindly, without understanding or with ignorance. We want to understand everything you say in the Bible, Father. We open our hearts, Father, to hear from heaven in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Today we would like to talk about what is disciple. And this is the subject that we don't hear very often because it's quite a heavy subject. But I believe that it's the very basic things that every Christian should know and understand. God doesn't want us just to be a so-called churchgoer or pew-warmer or just church member or a choir member. Actually, no matter where we are in the world or what kind of church we go to, what kind of ministry we have in the church or in the body of Christ, we all are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's so important to understand who we are and what kind of person that God expects us to be. For example, if you are a, a police officer, for example, you will not wake up in the morning, go to work, and don't bring your guns and belt and you know, handcuff with you. You know that you have to get ready and prepare to be able to function as a police officer. The same thing as a neurosurgeon. When I wake up, I know that I'm going to go out to be a neurosurgeon. So I need to dress appropriately. I need to be ready to face my patients and to get into surgery because I know who I am and I know my responsibility in society. The same thing every Christian should recognize and realize that we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and we should behave and we should prepare ourselves. We should get ready to be seen, to be called a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder when you go to work or when you go to school, people around you, when they look at you, can they say that you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus? Can they say that that person is different? He or she has a special uh, peculiar behavior. I'm not say, saying bad, but godly behavior that the world doesn't have. Or they can say, oh, that person must be a follower of Jesus Christ. So we should 
be seen that way and we should behave that way. Amen. So Jesus actually called us to be his disciple. The word disciple in the Greek language is Mathetes, M-A-T-H-E-T-E-S, Mathetes, which means apprentice. It's not just a student who sits in the class and learns something from a teacher. Mathetes is a person who is not only learning something, but a person who is following who is seeing example and learning the trade or the way of life, following the master or the teachers or the instructor in the hospital. In fact, we use this way of training people. When I finished the medical school, I become a resident and intern. So that is an apprentice. In fact, you learn how to take care of the patients and operate on the patients and make the diagnosis by sitting with your teacher in the clinic. And then you go into the operating room and learn how to perform the operation with your surgeon teacher. Even the nurse is doing the same thing. The nurse has to be apprenticed for a while in order to function in the specialty that they want to be. So the same thing here, we're not talking just about going to church, sitting on the pew, sitting on the chair, and learning good knowledge about the Bible. But we are talking about imitators. We're talking about followers, our teacher, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. We are determined to follow Jesus and desire to learn from him and follow his example. My best example is not man, but it's Christ. I want to do what the Lord did 2,000 years ago. He said that the work that I do, you shall do also, and greater works than this you shall do. I want to follow the way he responds to people, the way he preached, the way he lay hand on the sick, If I can see him with my eyes today, if Jesus is on earth now, I would follow him and learn how he ministered to people. Amen. I think that's why, um, if you notice, I don't go up on the stage and do a performing thing on the stage. I'm not a performer. I'm a minister. Jesus is not a performer. He didn't go up there and perform and make people laugh and make people have fun in the church and try to gather the crowd by having good program and performance on the stage. That is not Jesus. Jesus was very serious about the kingdom. Jesus really talked hard word to people, very deep teaching to people. Jesus really mean business with God. He did not try to entertain anybody. He just spoke the truth. Either you follow me or you go and bury your dad or something. You know, he was very, very serious about the kingdom. And that's why you never see me doing those those kind of things on the stage to entertain people or to perform something on the stage. I'm really serious to follow Jesus Christ. Amen. There are five things that I want to talk today. Five basic principles regarding being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Without these basics, 
you may miss something in following Jesus Christ. Let's turn to John chapter 8, verses 31 to 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the first basic that we understand about becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is that a disciple is a person who lives continually by the word of Jesus Christ. 24-7, 365 days a year, 30 days a month, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We live by what Jesus says in the Bible. We are not a hypocrite. We don't act one way at church. And when we go home or go to the party out there somewhere, we act another way. In fact, yesterday, Pastor Dan and I came back home and we were very tired at long day. We went to church from 9 and came back home by around 8 p.m. So we were tired. We uh, watched a movie just to relax. And the movie called Mission Impossible Part 3. <laughs> and the uh, movie started with a party that Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise was having a party, uh, an engagement party. And people just drank alcohol and danced and uh, did a lot of worldly things for fun. Um, and not too bad, don't take me wrong. The, the party was not too bad, but when we were watching, I had the same feeling as Pasada. And suddenly she say, you know, I don't enjoy this thing anymore. I don't want to go to this kind of party anymore. And I say to Pasada that I feel the same way. I don't enjoy worldly party anymore. We are not a hypocrite that on Sunday morning we go to church when we act like we love God, but behind the scene we go out and drink alcohol and do some weird thing like the worldly way. We don't do that because on the inside of us that we want to continually follow the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. We love godliness. We love the presence of God. We love the things of God. We cannot mingle with the things of the world, even though we are in the world, but we love the world. We want to follow the way of Jesus Christ. We are not following the word of Jesus only sometimes or only occasionally, but we commit our life to follow through the teaching of the Master in a committed way. We want to practice it every single day. Amen. 24-7. And it's not about feeling. Amen. As Christians, we don't follow the feeling. We follow the truth. It doesn't matter how we feel. People may make us upset, but we still calm and we still follow the word of Jesus. We check our heart all the time that what we are doing is according to the word of God or not. Sometimes the word of God may come to us by the Holy Spirit. The Word of God can come through the Bible, and the Word of God, the Word of Jesus can come to us by the Spirit of God. And He may tell us to do something according to the Spirit. And we will follow that Word too, the Word that come by the Holy Spirit, 
at particular situation at certain times and for certain, for certain purposes amen so God gonna speak to us Rema that's right we call Rema Logos is the word written word in the Bible but Rema is the inspired word by the Holy Spirit and we need to listen to the Spirit of God so as disciple we follow every word of God Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God and mammon mammon means material things and money Jesus said that the second principle of being disciple not only following and obeying heeding the voice of God and the word that Jesus say the second thing is a disciple is a person who commits his or her life completely to the master and his name is Jesus Christ thank God he's a good master <laughs> he's not a, a hot boss or a heavy master who will come and always try to hurt us and take advantage of us he is a good master who heals us, provides us for us, and he protects us. He sent ministering angel to help us. He is a good, loving master. We need to commit our life to him more than anything else. If we have to make a choice between choosing his way or his will, and other ways, we always say his will first. If we need to make a decision whether we want to obey his commands or his purpose for our life or we're going to choose money or choose reputation and position and reputation and fame we say we will follow Jesus first we are not seeking for fame reputation money or material things even though those things God can give to us anyway when we follow Jesus, He can give us reputation, good reputation. He can give us fame and money and material things. But our heart needs to be wholeheartedly committed to Him. Amen? Amen? And then He will meet our need and He will take care of us. He wants that kind of commitment. And I believe that Jesus deserves total commitment. Why? Because he first was committed to us. How did he show commitment to us? He died for us. Somebody who was committed to us so much that was willing to suffer the crown of thorn, the whips at the whipping post, the spit on his face, the ridicule words from the enemy, the nails on his hand and feet, the suffering of the cross to save us and to redeem us from the curses of the law and the wretches of sin. He paid for us. He died for us. Therefore, he deserved our life, the committed life to him. He died for us. Therefore, we die for him. That kind of friend. 
and we should have become that kind of friend to our friend in the church too, that we will be committed to each other because we commit to God, we commit to our friends in the church. We have the covenant of commitment that we will never forsake one another. Amen. He is a good master. Commitment. We cannot serve God and money at the same time. We cannot serve God and serve our reputation at the same time. We always have to choose Him first. Many years ago, about 16 years ago, I was finishing my training at University of Washington to become a board-certified neurosurgeon. And at that time, we could not find any job in Seattle. So I have to make a big decision whether I should leave this city to get a job other places. Definitely, as a neurosurgeon, you can get job in many places in America because it's so lacking. And I talked to Pastor Dad, what can we do? We have a church. It's about 100 members or 70 members. Should we leave and go to another city to find a job? Pastor Da answered me this sentence. Those who love the world do not have love for God. That's it. So I got the answer. So I decided to stay. And thank God, a month or so later, I got a phone call. And somebody offered me a job in Bellevue and Kirkland area. And that job is still my job today. God tested my heart right away. Another time, I remember that my boss called me in. I think it's around 1990 or 1989. My boss called me in, talked to me personally in his office. And he said that every single resident in my program need to go to England for one year. In my heart, I say, wow, what a good offer. <laughs> I can travel in Europe. The salary is one-third more than here. Working only eight to four, have weekends off, be on call only one weekend a month. Here, I'm on call every single day as a chief resident, less salary, cannot tour anywhere, cannot go anywhere. Wow, what a blessing. Somebody will pay for my ticket and my <laughs> wife and my kid to go to England and live there for one year. What an opportunity. But I just started the church only a few years. If I left, the church would have been collapsed because there was no pastor. I told my boss that I could not go. And he said, think about it because this is the rule of our department. Fortunately, God take care of me. I mean, I gave it up. I chose Jesus first and his church. And God saved me because I can be fired. What happened is that his second person in command met a member in our church who sold life insurance. This man just opened the book and point finger in the yellow pages book and found this assistant professor. So he went to meet him and talk. In the conversation, they both find out that they both knew me because one is my boss, another one is my member. So the truth come out that I was a pastor of a church. And this 
second in command assistant professor told my big boss a few days later. So when I met him again, before I opened my mouth and said, you know, boss, I cannot go. I'm a pastor. I cannot leave the church. My boss already know. So he feel proud that he knew my story. And he said, don't worry about it, mom. They call me mom, my nickname. I understand you don't need to go. So he sent me to be in the lab for one year without being on call. I missed the opportunity to tour Europe for free. <laughs> but that's okay. I gave up for Jesus Christ. Amen. I can go to Europe later on in my life. That's okay. Amen. So you can see that you always need to choose between Jesus and other things. Even happiness or something that you dream. You may have a dream in your life and you have to give up your dream for the purpose of God in your life. Okay? So that's number two. The second basic, commit our life completely to the master. Number three, John 15 verses 4 to 5. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. The third basic of being a disciple is we must live a fruit-bearing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We must have relationship with the Lord. I'm not talking about religion. We are not just going to church to fulfill the rituals of religion. But we go there because we have relationship. I'm not a pastor because I get paid. Even I say like that, actually I don't get paid. But pastoral work is not my profession. Pastoral work is my relationship with Christ. In fact, I have seen so many people burn out. So many people quit being a pastor, quit serving God. And I and Pastor Da look at each other's eyes and say, all these 20-something years, we never stop. We're still going to church. We still pastor people. We still call people. Today, even I was thinking about that young boy of the member who gave testimony last Sunday. I was thinking that, wow, her son accepted Jesus. But who going to disciple him? If no one go, I'm willing to go. You see my heart that I'm willing to do that because I have a relationship with Christ. Because I know the heart of Jesus, that he wants his sheep to be taken care of. But definitely better that somebody else go because, so that I can take care of pastors instead of taking care of new believers. So I can take care of people who take care of the church. But again, I never see that serving Christ, building the church, pastoring the church is a burden or something that I'm going to burn out or give up or have a sabbatical time and take off for a year for vacation. No, it's my life because I love Jesus so much because the Lord is so full inside of me and I want to bear fruit. When we talk about fruit, 
there are two things: internal fruit and external fruit. The internal fruit is your character. That you look like Christ, you think like Christ, you have the fruit of the Holy Spirit: love, peace, joy, gentleness, faithfulness. That should be the fruit of Christian. Amen. Amen. We should rejoice in worshiping God. We should be having good time going to church and smiling and happy every day. We should be loving people everywhere we go. We love everybody because we have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 That is the internal fruit, but we should have the external fruit, which means more and more souls come into the kingdom. We should bring so many souls to heaven together. We cannot do it alone. We need to work as a team. Because of that relationship, we are like a tree that is so full of sap. When the tree is so healthy, it's so full of sap, so full of nutrient on the inside. It can no longer hold everything on the inside, but the result is fruit. Of the tree, the healthy tree cannot avoid producing fruit. The same thing. If you look at a Christian, if you become a Christian and you never bring any soul to Christ, you need to really check the thermometer of your life whether you have a relationship with God or not. Are you going to church for socialization just to meet friend, or? You are really filled with Christ on the inside of you, because if you are filled with Christ on the inside of you, you cannot stay still. You need to tell people about Jesus Christ. You need to preach the gospel. You need to bring friends to the church, and you want to reach out to people. You think about people like today. I was thinking about that young man, the son of that member who gave testimony last Sunday. Why? Because. Lord Jesus on the inside of me was thinking about him. Amen. Today I was praying for many, many unsafe husbands of the members of our church. I stood crying out to God every single day for those unsafe men whose wives are our members. Thinking about them, thinking about their kids. We want to see more soul safe, fruit-bearing relationship with Jesus Christ, Amen. expanding the kingdom of God. By bringing more souls into the kingdom, when you wake up in the morning, you you are thinking, what can I do today to tell the gospel to somebody? What can I do today to bring some friend to church, to bring somebody to the care group? What can I do out of my comfort zone to reach out to somebody who is backsliding, the lost sheep that is leaving God now? Running away from God, how can we bring them back? That is fruit. And look at Jesus; that's how he lived. He went everywhere, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, saving souls, casting out demons. Everywhere he went, he produced fruit for the Father. Amen. Amen. We should live the same way. That everywhere we go, we will make changes in some people's life. We will move people from one level to another level. If they are non-believers, 
will help them to know the gospel more, and eventually they accept Christ. If they are believers already, your life should shine the light of God that will produce fruit by helping that person to love Jesus even more, or to be set free, or to move on to grow spiritually. They will not stay at the same level. They need to change. Something change can happen in a positive way, in a godly way, on the inside of them. Amen. Amen. That is disciple. Number three, the first one, following the word of Jesus completely, all the time. Two, commit his life or her life completely to the master. Three, live a life of bearing fruit and in relationship with Christ. Number four, the fourth basic, John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The fourth basic about being a disciple is that we are committed to unconditional, sacrificial love for other people. A disciple is a person who follows Christ and lives a life of love. Make a decision to love people all the time. Everywhere we go, we radiate the love of God. We don't hate anybody. We don't attack anybody. We don't retaliate anybody. We just love people everywhere we go. Amen. So people can see Christ in us. When we love one another, when we walk in love, people will see Christ in us. Can you come to that level of your life yet? That everywhere you go, you just love people. Even though they are lovely, they're strangers, they may not do any good things to you, they may not give you anything, but you still show love to them, honor them, appreciate them, treat people in a loving way, not looking down on people, not discriminating people. Amen. I want to be like that 24 hours a day. Live a life of love. Love my kids, love my wife, love the members, love the friend in the church, friend at work, love people all the time. Today, actually, uh, this is how I feel all the time about operating on my patients. Every time I grab the knife and cut on people, I always look at my patient as my relative, and I want to do the best for them. I say, this is my uncle, this is my mom, this is my dad. This is my brother. And today we have a joke. I was talking to an uh, African-American gentleman that, you know, I treat you like my brother. And her daughter was standing there. And her daughter said, I hope you like your brother. <laughs> and I have an imagination of two brothers who hate each other. And this is a good time that I can get at you. <laughs> And we all laugh in that room. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. We are brothers. So we love people. 
even stranger, even non-Christians, we should not turn non-Christians away from us just because we know Christ and we think we are better than them. Please, 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 don't let religious spirits work on the inside of us. Religious spirits will say, I know better. I'm better than you. I'm a Christian. I know the Bible. Your guy don't know anything. You're just a sinner. You're just a Christian who don't know anything. Look down on people like the Pharisees. That kind of spirit turn people away from Christ. Please, religious spirit will walk in hatred and in pride and in self-sufficiency and in discriminating people away and thinking that they know the best. I don't want that kind of spirit in our church or, or in my life or in my home. I want the spirit of God. And the spirit of God is a spirit of love. Amen. Amen. So that is the fourth basic. Number one, commit to follow the word of Jesus all the time, every single day. Two, commit our life completely to the master. Choose Jesus first before anything else. Three, have a fruit-bearing relationship with Christ. We need to know Him. We need to cry now to Him every single day. I want to know Him more. I want to know You more, Lord. Show Yourself to me. Teach me. I want to be close to You. I want to know exactly what You think. I want to follow You. I want to walk with You 24 hours a day. It's about relationship. And four, committed to unconditional, sacrificial love to other people. The last one is in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. Matthew 28, can you open that part of the Bible? Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. The fifth basic thing about being a disciple is we are dedicated to the fulfillment of Christ's Great commission. Amen. Every Christian should be willing to say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Lord, I'm willing to be your vessel. Do you know that the Lord is the Spirit? He can use angels to do a lot of things on earth here. He can do a lot of mighty things to the Spirit, His Spirit. But to preach the gospel, to lay hands on the sick, to love people, to have the hand of love to touch people, to have the eyes of love to look at another person's eyes, He needs to use a body. He really desires to find a willing person. Think about it. He cannot force people and he will not force people. So he's looking for a yielded, willing vessel. 
God spoke to me about this last night when I was listening to the singer who sang the happy birthday song for the king of Thailand. And this lady came from a farm in the western part of Australia, came out from obscurity. She was willing to fly to Thailand, compose a song to bless the king of Thailand. God gave her the word, the words in the song in 10 minutes. And she was willing to be a vessel to do that job, to reach out to Thai people for the gospel. And when I was listening to her sharing, I was thinking in my heart, I was thinking about Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6. He said, Lord, I am that willing man. Use me. I want to fulfill the great commission for you. Definitely I cannot do I cannot do everything in the world because I'm so limited. I can do my part, joining with other Christians in the world to fulfill the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. But I need to be willing. How many of us say, Lord, here I am, send me. Every Christian should be a disciple. And every disciple should be willing to pull up the sleeve, get out of that chair, spend money, give out, and do anything to be a part of fulfilling the great commission of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every time I heard that our teaching CD or MP3 went out into another city in Thailand and people listened to it and get saved, I rejoice because I'm a part of that preaching the gospel in that country. Amen. Amen. Every time I am able to fly to somewhere out of my own comfort zone, my own comfortable bed, my own nice cozy home, I was able to touch somebody's life somewhere else. I was so happy. Amen. A few days ago, I sent an email to one of my friends in northeast of Thailand. And I said that if you can gather people, I will go there either this year or early next year. And he said, come, I book you right now. I said, I'm going to go <laughs> to northeast of Thailand to spread the fire of God and to preach the gospel. Amen. 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 When I got the phone call that somebody wants me to go to Indonesia, I said, I'm going. I want to fulfill the great commission. So every Christian should be willing to go. Maybe go for long term or go for short term. Amen. Amen. We should be the vessel that the Holy Spirit can use us to really shine the love of God, use the mouth to preach the gospel, use the hand to lay on the sick, cast out demons, and loving people. Everyone should be participating in the Great Commission. Sometimes, maybe in your life, you cannot go yet because you have small kids. Or maybe you're in school. But you can do the same thing by participating in certain ministry that will support the Great Commission. For example, you can donate money because you cannot go yet. Or like my wife, 
Pastor Da has difficulty traveling because of our uh, kids still growing as a teenager. So this is a crucial time that she doesn't want to leave home, leaving the teenager at home by themselves. She needs to be around them. So we feel that this is a crucial time to be around. What she does, she went to shopping mall, bought a lot of gifts, and give to people when I go. That is how she preached the gospel. I loved you. We come here, we love. We are not here to get anything from you. You can do different things. Maybe participate in editing the CD, teaching MP3, or in the technology of doing a website so that the gospel will go into the podcast. You can do so many things in the peripheral way to preach the gospel and to get involved in the Great Commission. Amen. Amen. Some of us may be involved in just go with the pastor to carry his luggage, to help catching people, or maybe just to be around him so that if he needs something, he doesn't have to worry about the physical and natural needs. He can focus on the spiritual thing and the ministering to people. We all can do different things. Not everyone needs to go as a preacher. In fact, I was sharing to the members and to the core members of the church that I know this already, but God remind me again. Last Sunday, at the end of the service, the Lord told me to talk to two guests in the church from another country. And God said, you need to sit down with them to talk to them. And suddenly God told me that they came here for a reason. They need help. So I began to minister until I find what kind of needs they have. And I, tr- I tried to offer help to show the love of Jesus to them. And at the end of the conversation, they were so happy. They said that, oh, God knows my need because they were not ignored. They were heard what their needs are through a man like me who listened to the Holy Spirit. So actually ministering to people for the Great Commission is not just preaching. You can minister to people in the shopping mall, in the coffee shop. Maybe you meet somebody at the bus stop and suddenly God spoke to you to talk to that young man or young woman and then minister. Maybe that person has need, has an issue in life that caused her to be heartbroken. And after you minister and encourage that person, he or she may get saved. You see? So ministering by the Holy Spirit is not just laying on a hand or preaching the gospel, but anywhere if you open yourself up to the Holy Spirit to bring the great commission and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to people. It can happen anywhere, on the street, in the marketplace, walking on the sidewalk, anywhere in the world, you can participate in the great commission. You don't need to preach in front of 1,000 people to participate in the great commission to fulfill the Great Commission. Amen? Amen. So in conclusion, five things that we learned today. Number one, the first basic, we are committed to obey the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We live 24 hours a day according to His truth and to the rema of the Holy Spirit. Two, we commit our life completely to the Master. We choose Him first. Three, we live in a fruit-bearing relationship with Christ. Four, we are committed to unconditional sacrificial love. All the time, everywhere we go, people can sense the love. No matter what happened around us, we love people. Five, we are dedicated to the fulfillment of Christ's commission, the gospel, the great commission. If you can live your life that way, you are true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Next time, we will study the privilege of being a disciple. And I believe you will enjoy learning the truth, and the truth will set you free. Yeah. And we're going to produce a lot of disciples in this generation. Amen. We will make disciple, and we continue to make disciple. And your disciple will make disciple, and that disciple will keep making disciple. And the whole world will not be filled with just churchgoers or pew warmers, but will be filled with disciple. Amen. Amen. Never stop making disciple. No matter how old you are, no matter how big the house you have, no matter how successful you are in society, one day you may become a CEO of a company. You still make disciple. Don't stop, because that is our calling: is to be disciple and make disciples. Every Christian should do what Jesus say. We should follow the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your insight, your truth. Father, we come to you with a humble heart. We want to obey what you say, Father, and we believe, Lord, as we obey you, the blessings of God shall overtake us, and we will be fruitful. We will be that branch that connect to the vine. And we will bear much fruit. Help us to do all these five things by the grace of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will give us power to be able to walk a life of the disciple of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. I love all of you, and <laughs> I believe that you will continue to learn this subject and grow in the Lord. I. Have faith for you that you will become strong Christian, and will produce so much fruit in your life. Amen. God bless you. Meet you next time. Amen. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at two zero six two seven five. 1042, or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address: New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington 98040. Thank you very much. 